Hello and welcome to series one of That Right Tuition Chat. In this series, we discuss the ins and outs of private tuition with the Right Tuition Company founder, Arthur Punsonby, along with some parental points of view, with topics from finding the right tutor. But there is, I'd say, rather a secretive aura around procuring a tutor for your child, for whatever reason. Um, and I, I think it's really important that uh, when you're trying to find a cheetah, um, you do your due diligence. To dealing with the anxieties of our children. Um, so I think it's a big part of you know, well-being and children's well-being that they can get sort of a broader range of support, you know, as they go through their school life. Arthur gives an in-depth perspective of why private tuition can aid a child's growth not only educationally, but also with life skills. Hello and welcome to That Right Tuition Chat. Today I'm joined by Arthur Punsonby, founder of The Right Tuition Company. And to get a parent's perspective, we're joined by Nicole Pierce-Turner and John Lovell. Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 And in this episode, we're going to look at how we approach preparation for selective school exams, such as the 11 plus. Arthur, I'd like to start with you, if I may. What kind of goals should a tutor be meeting when um, helping their child to prepare for the selective school entrance? I think ultimately, in a nutshell, what's most important is that you achieve two main things uh, when you're preparing for selective school exams, such as the 11 plus. Number one, you want to make sure that topics are mapped out week upon week than the lead up to that selective school exam. Um, so it's all organised in a systematic fashion. You want to make sure that no stone is left unturned so that you can actually be taught, your child can be taught those topics rather than coached in a rather haphazard or convoluted manner. Um, um, but above all, I know, in addition to that, your preparation for a selective school exams must support your broader academic development. So whatever you're doing at school, um, preparing for the fact that you're about to uh, transition through to second, secondary school in terms of the 11 plus, uh, it's got to make sure that you've got that dual purpose between good, well-rounded, uh, comprehensive preparation for the quiz uh, itself as well as making sure you're supporting their learning at school and making sure that um, you know, all the impacts are as broad as, as, as possible, really. Um, uh, so those are the two main things, I would say. Um, but if we take the 11 plus, for example, as, a, 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 as an example, uh, mentally, it's so, so important that children, because they're quite young, uh, aren't led to believe it's about success or failure. Um, something like the 11 plus, it is a mere guiding mechanism which tries to point you in the right direction towards the most suitable and effective learning environment for your child. Because you know, the 11 plus is linked to grammar schools and grammar schools are wonderful schools for the right child, but they are the most appalling school for the wrong child. And that's why when you're preparing, you've got to make sure the children are taught um, and not coached, um, which is very important. But you've ultimately got to make sure that they don't see it as success or failure. It's just a guiding mechanism. And actually, the making of a child might be if they don't get a mark where they're deemed suitable to go into a grammar school, it might allow them to go to a school which plays to their strengths more, they can feel more comfortable and relaxed in the school environment, and therefore make more use of their potential. 
Um, so it's really important that selective school exams are approached in that well-rounded um, and you know, positive and productive manner, I'd say. Mm. And I was going to say also SATs um, now also, I think schools mm. are cutting on to that. Actually, that is an approach they need to take with SATs also? Very much so. I mean, uh, I think a, for a lot of teachers with the with the demands of the national curriculum, they're often really frustrated. They almost feel that sometimes they're having to teach to a test. Um, uh, and of course, when you're doing that, you're denying so many other more creative aspects of the learning process. Uh, and learning can become very linear, very dry, mundane. Um, so something like SATs, you've got to see the broader impact that you're actually just preparing, especially year six SATs, you're preparing them for secondary school. And that can be a very intimidating leap. So it's a very important year, year six. Yes, you sit the SATs at the end of it. But ultimately, you've got to make sure they're equipped with the knowledge, the skills and the confidence that allow them to make that transition in a sort of um, in an easy and positive manner. John, if I could turn to you, I think I believe you've either been for this process or you're thinking about going for this process with your daughter. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we um, went through the process with uh, our daughter because uh, she was getting to the point at school where the 11 plus was imminent. Um, and the key word you know, that I took from Arthur's piece just there was the, the word confidence. And, and for us, we just wanted her to feel confident, you know, academically, uh, it, it, she wasn't uh, succeeding in the way that she had hoped. Um, reading and writing was still a challenge. Um, so we, you know, we set about looking for somebody to assist us in the process. And for us, it wasn't about coaching her to pass a, a test. It was about giving her the confidence that she was okay in her own ability to, to do the best she could. Um, and, you know, we, we started off in the process. I live in a different area to where Arthur is. So for us, we just went to a, a local tutor to, to help us through the process. But it was all about gaining gaining confidences. And there's a, there's a key word, again, that, you know, Arthur uses, which I really cottoned on to, which is the word quizzes. Um, you know, there's, there's so much emphasis on the girls through the words or the children through examinations or tests. Um, mm. And, you know, it was really to, to give her the confidence and the belief that her way of learning was okay. Um, yeah. and, and that's sort of how we started the, the journey for us. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. I think you've got to, every child is different. Um, and I think taking the sting out of the whole nature of um, a selective school exam um, or the sting out of um, uh, you know, something like the 11 plus uh, is really important. And you can really do that through language. You know, exams and tests, they do have negative connotations. So mm. if you use it, things like a, a quiz, um, if you make sure that also you're not rushing things, if you know you've got all topics um, and a comprehensive approach towards preparation for a particular quiz all mapped out, uh, there's nothing rushed, it's managed, and you can monitor how you're doing. It's very important that you keep on assessing children. Um, um, you know, I would do a big PR revamp of the words of test. I'd just call it assessment. Um, uh, because in a, unless you're not assessing children, you're not really learning where they're at. And every child's different. So when you're going towards a quiz, it's so important uh, that you're understanding their sort of specific needs and you're making sure that you're tailoring your teaching and the material in accordance with what's going to suit them best. Um, and that is so, so pivotal. Yeah, moving on from that, what sort of study skills are important then for um, to focus and develop on at this stage? 
Oh, well, study skills. I mean, it's actually funny because, I mean, I sometimes call back. When I was at school, I sat exams twice a year from the age of seven right through to 18. And I always tell children, I didn't actually learn how to sit an exam until I was 17. Okay? I, it's a very, um, it's a very, you're not taught how to sort of uh, prepare for exams. Um, I wasn't really taught exam technique. So I think it's imperative that children are given insight into little things like how do you read instructions? Um, um, you know, how do you sort of tackle sort of worded problems? Mm. Um, um, you know, how the importance of showing your workings out or how to manage your time. Um, you know, what is the notion of checking? If you tell a nine or 10 year old child to check their work, they'll just look at either the words or, or the answers <laughs> they've, they've, they've written. Um, checking obviously entails starting the question again. If it's something like comprehension, refinding that evidence that supports their answer. Um, so it's really dissecting key terms like this um, and making sure that you've got a really well-structured approach um, towards how you learn. Um, um, and you're not just working your way through things in a rather haphazard way. Um, mm. It's really, really important. Nicole, I'll bring you in here. How did you start working with Right Tuition? Well, I uh, so I have a 10, nearly 11-year-old son called Ruben and a 8, nearly 9-year-old daughter called Elodie. And Ruben is due to take his 11 plus this year. And I think I signed Ruben up with Right Tuition probably about two years ago. So I probably need to be thinking for Elodie now. Um and I, I knew about Arthur through some work colleagues and parents at the school. Um, and I knew about right tuition from them being in the town. And I, so for me, it was interesting because I've, I'm a parent of two children who I've been quite fortunate. People have said to me, oh, they're very bright. You know, they're very bright. They're, they're very, they're, yes, they're grammar school, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I personally went to grammar school and didn't get on too well. Um, I actually went and changed and went to a, com a community college afterwards and had a much better experience, but that was just me. So I have my own sort of personal opinions about things. But, um, you know, I was almost sort of, I was almost, um, uh, I was almost told that he, he didn't need to go and have any extra tuition, if that makes sense. And actually, the reason why I wanted him to go to write tuition in particular was because... I could see the good experience the other children that were going were having. Um, and I wanted him to grow confident in what he was learning, regardless of covering the topic so much. I wanted him to go into whatever scenario he went into feeling co confident because I, I say to my children, um, to me, life is about opening doors and the more doors you can open, the more you decide which ones you want to walk through. And I really believe that. And I like to, but, you know, I like to give my children choices. And so I think like when Arthur touches on getting the best out of every individual, that's really what we're doing. We're creating more opportunity, more more, more chances at doing life, exciting things. Um, and so that's what I wanted for Ruben. And he, you know, he, he didn't always want to go. I'll be honest, Arthur, sorry, even with you. <laughs> he didn't always want to go. And Arthur is very charismatic and it's a fantastic teacher, as are all your teachers that you work with. But, um, but he stuck with it and we've gone every week relentlessly for a couple of years. Mm. And I really, as a parent, would feel, uh, I feel very held um, having that additional tuition. And I appreciate it's not something that, 
everyone can afford, but I know that right tuition do look at look at different causes on that. But for me as a parent, um, Ruben was in particular, he was he was skipping things, he was rushing through questions and trying to get things done quickly and, and not taking his time. And that was one of the really valuable things we've taken from it, my myself and um, Ruben's dad, is that, you know, he needs to take time and slow down. And having that extra additional input that we've got from having right tuition, it's it's really been like an addition to the family. You know, you've got this, you've got school support and then you've got the external school support. Um, and yeah, I would highly recommend it to anyone personally. Um, and Reuben is a much more confident individual. He was pretty confident anyway, but I feel like he will do the best for his ability that he will do now. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been good. That was a long answer, wasn't it? Wow, I didn't even take a breath. <laughs> no, but that, that, that's the interesting thing, though, with a lot of what you've just said, and we we've obviously alluded to it earlier in the in the podcast is that mm. idea that it's not just about the learning skills it's no. not just about the skills that they're getting uh, academically it's about our rounded amount of skills and like I I said earlier about the soft skills learning you know practical things for dealing with going through education would that be fair Arthur? Yeah I think that's absolutely the case I think um, I think people are now wise enough to know that now, education isn't just about sort of, um, you know, success with topics. Mm. You're actually nurturing children's development. And uh, I think the thing about learning and what we always try and promote is that I would say if you're ever sat there like a lemon, you're doing something wrong. Um, uh, and what you want to do is you want to immerse yourself in the learning process because learning is a, it's a sensory thing. Um, you want to be listening, of course, you, but you want to be asking questions. You want to be articulating ideas. You want to be watching what's going on on the board. Uh, you want to be as proactive as possible. Um, and actually, by using sort of academic study, you can seek to maybe develop um, your linguistic skills, but also sort of your general approach to how you might meet challenges um, head on. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, how you might sort of... Um, you know, adopt a more sort of positive and invigorating attitude towards learning. Um, you might get an interest from something you cover. Maybe you're doing something like a style of writing, like newspaper report writing, and you're writing about a, maybe an earthquake uh, in primary learning uh, in a particular part of the world. That might lead you on to go and ex examine and learn about places like Japan or sort of you know, their culture. So you really want it to nurture their interests and their characteristics um, I always think it's also important to have the capacity to be funny. Um, mm. uh, one of the things about tutoring is is meant to take the sting out of it, as we touched upon. It's not meant to be dry. It's meant to be fun and engaging. And I want children in the classroom to feel as though they can express themselves as individuals. And of course, one of the ways we do that as human beings is by sort of humor. Mm. Um, so we never try and curb a child's capacity to be funny. Uh, to experiment with language, um, uh, to engage with one another in a sort of variety of different ways. Um, uh, yes, it's academic study you come here for, but you hope that you're taking away sort of um, different tools that enable you to become a more rounded and, um, you know, um, dynamic individual. And I think that's very key, but in particular with myself, Arthur, because I remember an early conversation we had about my son. Mm. And he has, I mean, I know everyone will be surprised to hear, but he does have quite a sarcastic sense of humour. And, um, and it was something that Arthur touched on very early. And it was, 
you know, sometimes, unfortunately, when you're in bigger classes or bigger schools, mm. sometimes that sense of humour can be, it doesn't always get shined a light on in a positive way. Ruben's not had problems with that, but it's it's getting the best out of them and actually seeing that that, that wit, that humour is a, is a type of intellect and a type of expression. And mm getting them to be like you say creative with it and that's been really encouraging um and very yeah. intuitive of you on your part actually because you really sort of see that in your students you pull that out individually you really do look at them each and i think all of you do it right tuition um and unfortunately yeah. as schools are getting bigger and bigger with classes mm. they, they just don't always have the time to give that individual care that you are getting a bit more with the extra tuition no, they don't. Um, They've got a really hard job, schools. They have. Really, really hard job. I mean, one of the reasons, I mean, when I, I used to teach in a London primary, and I mean, I've got, I just got nothing but full admiration for, you know, school teachers having been Absolutely. one myself. Um, but one of the reasons I stopped is because I found sometimes it was sapping the sort of uh, creative, um, uh, you know, uh, mm. Uh, impetus out of my ability to learn. I had to jump through hoops like a performing seal and I felt sort of um, you know what I really want to do is you just want to put your stamp on a class Um, and sometimes I felt some it might reward being a bit bland and I thought well this is absurd Um, um, so I thought thought, either I can sit around in the in the uh, staff room whinging about it for the rest of my life um uh, uh or i can actually get off my backside and sort of do something that i really enjoy um uh, in a slightly different way yeah. arthur yeah that's growth mindset really yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is though isn't it and and you know when we talk when we're talking about growth mindset there giles and uh, but all of that you know with with my son in particular it's a, it's it's an example of that because i do think sometimes because I have had people say to me, and they've not meant it unkindly, but they've gone, oh, you're all right, because women's bright. You know, people say that. They say, oh, you're okay, you're all right, you don't need to worry about it. Well, I'm still a parent, I still care about my son, and I want the best for him. And actually, him being relaxed about what he's going into, I can remember being a nervous child doing the 11+. plus. In fact, I can remember being terrified. I can still remember the day. Um, that I did it and I passed and it was okay but the whole process of that and then going to this enormous grammar school from a tiny primary school you know that whole period of your life is incredibly influential and Mm. I think the easier we can make that process for our children and like you say just some of that could be language quizzes rather than tests and Mm. you know looking after their mental well-being in and around it is there's not, I mean, there can't be anything wrong with that, can there? No, and also, I mean, I think, um, you know, one of the things they could work on, in my opinion, is making the assessment a, a bit more logical um, yes. for the quizzes. Because, um, uh, I, for example, things like the 11 plus or certain independent school entrance exams, it's a very specific set of skills that they're tackling and sometimes not actually supported by um, the national curriculum at that stage. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you take the Kent test in our local area, you could be asked questions on year six and key stage three topics like ratio, probability, algebra. Um, you have to do verbal and nonverbal reasoning, which is often taught in private schools, but not mm-hmm. in the state sector um system um and you do a different style of comprehension and you have to do very advanced grammar rules so you're being quizzed on things that aren't covered in the national curriculum so it puts an emphasis and a need upon needing to be supported through tuition 
So sometimes, because of the cost, that might sort of cut that opportunity off from uh, a lot of people, and that doesn't create a level playing field. Um, uh, so it's really important that sort of um, I think maybe that is reviewed uh, and children are tested on things that are just in line with their own national curriculum um, to give everyone the equal opportunity. I wanted to move this this discussion onto anxieties attached to these kind of exams and obviously also moving up towards sort of GCSEs as well and A-levels. John, if I could ask you, was, was that something you were concerned about with your daughter when you were uh, looking for a tutor to help her with her 11 plus? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to, I'll tell the story without, if, you know, if she listens to this, feeling feeling bad about it because she shouldn't. But, you know, we got to a point where she was looking at her then four, five-year-old sister who, uh, in her opinion, was brighter and smarter because she could read better and spell better. And, you know, she was year five going into year six. And um, for her, there was a real anxiety attached to, in her words, um, being portrayed as, as stupid or, or, or unclever. And um, for us, it was about just letting her know that it's okay to learn differently. You know, I really believe in that. Everyone has a different way of learning. Everyone has a different capacity in life. And that's just not children. There's adults that go about their lives very differently too. And um, that it's okay that that learning is is unique. And certainly she's somebody that in a classroom of 30, you know, she's not a shrinking violet. She's a very, very quirky character, but she's definitely got more of a creative mind and uh, she won't really speak up. So in a class environment in school, she's probably going to just sit at the back and come away thinking what was all that about rather than asking the question whereas in a uh, a one-to-one environment or certainly a more uh, personal environment she'll she'll be able to ask the right questions so when we set off on that journey we wanted somebody that could make her feel just as important as as we did as parents but also uh, try to understand why it was that she was in inverted commas struggling a little bit and and actually when we had that close encounter with a tutor um she decided that there might be a form of dyslexia or something similar like it and we went off and had the tests and she now uses uh colored paper and an overlay for reading and and it improves things massively so for her if nothing else there was a little bit of a of a label that she could attach to why she didn't learn as quick or as good as some of the others Mm -hmm. and and that just bred a whole new level of confidence back in her at school you know she she found herself again because there was all of a sudden there was a reason why in her own mind she wasn't learning the same as everybody else and and you wouldn't have got that if we just spoke to the school because they don't they don't have the time you know we tried on multiple occasions but the capacity just isn't there so for us that was um you know a massive advocate for for the things that Arthur and, and his team can promote for the children no, I was going to say, you know, what more important thing than that? Um, uh, you know, I think that is absolutely vital. And sometimes preparing for a selective school exam or something like the 11 plus, it can present that opportunity. And I think that is more important than any um, anything else that we've discovered um, or, or been discussing today. Uh, the fact that your daughter had the opportunity to understand more about how she learns. Um, she could really try and um, you know, eliminate any idea of her sort of calling herself, you know, dare I say it, stupid. Um, everyone learns in a different way. Um, and sometimes it takes a more forensic and personalised approach to education 
um, to actually understand the individual and allow them to see their worth and, and in, understand how they communicate and how they can take ideas on board. Um, and you do that from that more personalized approach that, tu- that the model of tutoring does afford. Um, Absolutely. And, 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 and it gives us um, tips as a parent. Sorry to Arthur as well. You know, so, so now we can keep a lookout for it and support that at home. So, you know, in the secondary school environment she's now in, um, it would appear from, uh, you know, the conversations you have and the feedback you get is that maths isn't necessarily a strong point for her. But with the concentration of, of knowing how she learns and, you know, some of the, the, the um, questions that are, uh, you know, you read more of the, the details um, and the problem solving mm. questions is that yeah. she can't compute the information and therefore she can't process what the sum has to be. So mm. by us recognising that, you know, we can support at home and actually through, you know, this last three, four month period where we could really concentrate on, on her work at, at home, um, you know, she's become extremely good in math so much so that they're talking about upping her level at school. And I'm just fearful that going back to school, you know, she'll go back to not asking the question again because, you know, that that uh, direct support won't be there. But we can recognise that at home now because of the actions of the support we, we got. Um mm and help support her that is outside of the school environment also. But that's, I mean, that, that's it in a nutshell. Um, the starting point in, in order that enabled all of that to happen, and ultimately I imagine your daughter feeling much more confident, much more positive yeah. about learning. In no other subject more than maths do you, can the fear barriers suddenly come up. Um, so for her to actually sort of, um, you know, get started on that journey through maybe sort of engaging with sort of a specialist um, on a closer basis um, has hopefully completely uh, changed the way she engages with secondary school. And ultimately, she'll be there for you know, uh, five or seven years. Um, and uh, it's wonderful that you, she's now sort of hopefully feel confident and happy going to a school classroom rather than being consumed by sort of any um, false um, ideas about her own intellect. Um, um, but that's wonderful to hear, John. Thank you. Yeah. So just to finish off, can I just ask you, Arthur, when you've got, you're facing a parent who's, mm. and, and maybe a child as well, who's experiencing anxieties um, at any level uh, within the education system, whether it be 11 plus SATs or GCSEs, what kind of conversations are you having with them initially? Um, in terms of anxieties, I think it's just important to firstly as a prelude to that, you've got to have an element of trust and understanding. Um, and within tutoring, you're always establishing solid relationships with individuals. So you can speak frankly about rather sensitive topics. Um, uh, and <clears throat> within everybody, everybody has areas of relative strength and weakness. And I think sometimes it takes a, you know, an external party, like maybe a tutor, to point out things that you know they're really good at, and um, you know we're always you know able to see the negatives far clearer than maybe the positives. So it requires maybe for you to sort of build up that confidence by pointing out other things they're absolutely brilliant at, so that when they come to you know you come to talk about those areas of comparative weakness, you could enter into those discussions and the effort to deal with those gaps in knowledge. Uh, in a far more sort of um, you know productive manner and a positive mindset, um, uh, and one of the key things is assessment. You know, having some concrete evidence of where maybe your numeracy or l- your literacy is at, 
and involving the parent with that. No, I think if you have that, that tripartite relationship between parent, pupil and teacher, and you're all singing for the same hymn sheet um, based upon some a rigorous assessment that's gone on, um, uh, it allows you to set out a plan, which is well managed, um, uh, use specific learning materials to help get to where you need to be, um, and just make you feel that someone's you know, supporting you. You know, you're never isolated. And sometimes it can feel a bit isolating education. Uh, you know, you might feel that you're so behind with your homework or you might feel that you really haven't understood certain concepts or topics. And often, you know, your knowledge of a topic is predicated upon your knowledge of a previous topic. So, you know, you just need a bit more flexibility to go back, deal with those gaps, and then you're well equipped to um, deal with the challenges ahead. So it's really about sort of a lot of positive reinforcement Positive reinforcement is so, so important, and it often precedes your ability to tackle those more sensitive areas with children. Um, that's really and weird. it also, it does actually keep, um, I find, being, you know, being a single parent, um, I'm not with my children's dad, and we're separated, we're, we, we co-parent beautifully, but the majority of the time the kid's with me. And it's, mm. it can be hard to stay on top of everything when you're busy with work and everything else. Yeah. And actually having that additional help and support and the feedback that you're talking about, Arthur, where you're mm. actually able to, you know, you've been able to say to me, well, you know, Reuben is, is better here or this, you need to look at that. It's, it's crucial and vital and actually helps to keep me more on it as well, if I'm really <laughs> brutally honest as a parent, because... Otherwise, it is very easy to get swept up with everything that's going on. Um, mm. And in particular, if you do have a child, whether whether they've got some specifics they need to look at or you're being told, oh, no, they're absolutely fine. It's it's quite easy just to sort of, you know, plod along. And before you know it, you've, you've, you've missed out. So um, I think it's it taps into just it's not your typical. Oh, you th- you sort of have. I think there's been a preconception about oh, well, children need help with tuition because of da da da, and I just don't think it fits that box at all. No. It's, it fits so many different boxes. Um, so yeah, so I'm very happy. I, I could do some tuition myself, to be honest. I'm waiting for you to <laughs> start some adult classes, but that's 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 another another idea. We'll talk about that another time, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know people actually. So actually, some people often do say to me. Um, you know, do you ever get really angry parents if their child doesn't pass their 11 plus or doesn't really? or, or do well? And, you know, and the funny thing is, I just say or no. And the reason for it is, is because you are monitoring their progress in a really systematic and rigorous fashion as you go through. Now, there might be sort of detailed marking of homework, which is set after a class, which consolidates mm-hmm. the knowledge and skills they've learnt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be by doing a mock exam, so you know where they're at. It might just be about sort of oral sort of feeding back after the, um, after the class. Um, if you're always monitoring progress and all parties know what's going on, then nothing really comes as a, as a surprise. And sometimes yeah. that can be the most terrifying thing. You're sort of, you know, you know, you're going through, no one's really telling you how you're doing. And suddenly you might do a test or uh, you might, um, you know, do a bit of homework that you find really, really hard. And suddenly you hit a wall. But mm-hmm. actually, if you're always talking openly about your progress and you're entertaining the idea of wanting to actually deal with challenges head on, um, uh, then, um, you know, things are easier to achieve. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we don't really get too many angry parents. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, 
I don't like the way you're saying this as I'm talking to you, Arthur. You... No. <laughs> You're very easy to deal with. Um, uh, oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> we're very lucky with our parents. They seem to be rather sensible human beings for the most part. Yeah. Actually, well. given the laws of probability, and we have about 350 annual pupils at our Tunbridge and Tunbridge World Centres, you think that you get for a few more sort of quirky, um, <laughs> challenging individuals. But um, yeah, anyway. Uh, Don't tempt fate. Don't tempt fate. No, I'm, I'm banging some wood now. As you <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that feels like a very positive ending to this episode. Thank Absolutely. you very much for joining us. Thank you, Arthur Thanks, and Rose. Nicole and to John you. for sharing Thank your you, sharing your stories and insights. I think uh, hopefully for those listening, we'll we'll take a lot from that and see how much more the right tuition company does for students. It's not just about those those key learning skills it, there's an awful lot more that you guys do so yeah and we'll see you again on the next episode if you would like to ask arthur and his team at the right tuition company any questions or if you would like to find out more information about how private tuition could help you and your family, please visit right-tuition.co.uk.